nobody like this You ain't seen nobody like this You hear my sound all over town singing Good evening and welcome to San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. Uh, it's just going to be two of us at the dinner table tonight here. Uh, joining me tonight is Rafa. How are you, man? Pretty good. How are you, Harry? Doing well. It's uh, coming back from two weeks off of work, so it's uh, a little bit of a catch-up, and it's been busy. <laughs> so. I just started vacation today, so <laughs> vacation number one. Uh, and I think you said you're doing a staycation ride, or are you going home? So I might be going on on the weekends to see. See, I know my folks have been wanting me to head over there. Like, oh, okay, I'll be over there. <laughs> I'm a two, looking forward to the hundred degree weather. But oh well, I'm well we're already a hundred degree weather here, right? So, so we're gonna get started. There is some high school news. I think you mentioned Churchill High School has an opening. If you can kind of go into a little bit more details on that and and what that kind of means going forward. Yeah, I got a little tip. Uh, thanks to Coach Kano from Fifty Fifty Podcast. Um, sent me a text. Uh, we've been kind of texting each other during the the Euro Cup games, kind of poking fun of some of the plays. Um, he mentioned to me that you know Churchill's head boys uh, position has opened up, uh, so it's going to be a very interesting who they get. You know, it's big shoes to fill, uh, but I know that it's going to have they're going to have a lot of talent on that team, maybe a little a contender in that district and. Um, like I said, whoever fill, fills that position has got a tall task, but I think they'll do a good job with those boys, and so hopefully they can lead them deep in the playoffs. Is it me, or does it seem like that there's a little bit more openings than normal this year, or you know, is it kind of the same there? You know, from what you've kind of seen with the high school openings, or is there just a lot of movement from from year to year? I think usually a lot of movement, but then also I think you have to take in consideration. I know COVID played a big factor, and then I know me working with because I with the university, so I have relation, you know, working relationships with counselors and so forth, advisors, and you know, I had some that told me that you know they weren't coming back. I think the COVID really burnt them out, mm -hmm. you know, so they've taken an early retirement. Uh, but normally for coaching, you know, you know, usually get a you know when you do move on somewhere else, it's either. They're offering you a little better position. You know, some do go into administration, um, uh, better, maybe better facilities and, you know, maybe a li little bit more money. Like, I mean, that's sometimes the case, too. You know, you know, you do have to take care of your family. And, whoa, I, <laughs> and, well, I know the one that we talked about last week, they went up to um, uh, what, uh, Colorado State, I think, is, is one that we kind of talked about. Yeah. Uh, you know where the coach it, it, from from Vandergriff, the girls yeah, coach. Yes, and, and so you, you can't fault a, a you know you know somebody moving up uh, to 
you know, you know, to advance their career, even if it's in an assistant position at a higher, a higher uh, qualified program here. Uh, so looking at uh, the women's uh, uh, lower league action from this past week, uh, we'll start out with uh, the UWS. Uh, the San Antonio Athenians had a 4-1 win over Back, uh, Back County. Uh, Amanda Smith had two goals. Uh, Natalie Hansen and Channing Borden uh, also each had a goal. Um, Eden Britz, uh, Britzer had two assists, and, and Mia Wonderman uh, had seven saves. Uh, they'll actually be on the road this week up uh, in Kyle, I want to say, uh, Kyle area, Kyle Wood area. They'll be playing Central Texas Hornets. Kickoff's at 5. It's $6 to get in. Um, and Central Texas Hornets and Central Texas Lobos are having a doubleheader, so $6 gets you into both games. Um, I actually may be going up to you know see David in, in the Central Texas Hornets and um, also to root on uh, the Athenians uh, up there. So it's about you know thirty you know it's about forty five minutes uh, from here because um, you don't quite get to Austin, um, but uh, it'll probably be warm. Um, but uh, like I said here, if you need to reach out uh, to us, but I do know tickets are six dollars to get in, and like I said here to support uh, you know women's women's lower league action. Um, looking at the stand. Looking at the uh, standings here, and I'm sorry, the UW website has it kind of, you know, the, the white here. I'm, I'm going to change that going forward here. Uh, Lone Star Republic is in first place. We mentioned that they had some gains to catch up. Uh, they're at 18 points. Uh, the Athenians uh, have played one more game at 18 points, but that one loss is to Lone Star Republic. Uh, side uh, FC 92s and third at 10 with Austin Elite. Uh, both of those have played six uh, six games uh, for there here, and then you know you know rounding out the uh, bottom half of it, you got Alcranes, Wilco, Syntex Hornets, and and Backcountry uh, for that here. Moving over to the WPSL uh, for that here, um, it was a rough weekend. Uh, there's no way to sugarcoat it. Uh, the Blossoms lost nine to one in in Houston against uh, the AHFC Royals. Uh, for that here. Um, now they play a doubleheader this weekend, the, their last weekend, Friday against Lone Star, and then a return match against AHFC -A -A Royals on Sunday. Uh, Surfs, unfortunately, uh, they're improving, uh, but uh, still haven't been able to put it into the net. Uh, they're 0-6, no goal scored. Um, they did lose 3-0 in, you know, against Houston Aces in Houston. Um, pardon me, that was in San Antonio. Uh, for, you know, they have a game tonight right now in Houston uh, that's being played as we speak against the Houston Aces, and then Sunday they're on the road against Lone Star SC up in Austin here. So for WPSL, um, it was here in a flash, and, and it's going to be gone uh, for that here where they basically played 30 days, a little bit longer than that, uh, you know, for it here. But uh, great weekend for the Athenians. Um, but for the Blossom and Surf and WPSL, uh, not, not a great weekend, um, unfortunately, results-wise here. Um, but, you know, the most important for this here is, you know, get, you know, the ladies some action, um, hopefully get them, you know, uh, some better views uh, to be able to possibly take that next step here. Uh, any thoughts that you have on, on the women's action here from this weekend here, Rafa? I noticed, like I said, with the Athenians winning, you know, I think I think they're them and um, – was it like a brilliant Lone Star Republic. Yeah. Yeah. I think those are probably the two class acts for the Southwest Conference. So they are there you can see there is a big gap as far as with the points. 
So, you know, I think those are probably the two favorites in going into the playoffs and see. And hopefully, like I said, the Mithenians do make a deep run this year. Yeah, and I got to check with uh, either you know with either the Athenians or or Danny or or uh, David with uh, Syntex Hornets or FC Austin to see how the playoffs are structured uh, for the uh, UWS here because like I said here um, with an imbalanced schedule uh, which has played a part with it because you know San Antonio traveled up to uh, Lone Star Republic but they didn't have to face down here and they're you know so it's an imbalanced schedule and, and I know it's about getting the, the you know getting the women some action. Um, and you know, further furthering their career uh, for that here. So the other subject before we get into San Antonio FC, but it is uh, San Antonio re uh, related here. Uh, Texas Standard uh, by Michael Marks and Joey uh, Palucios uh, put out a article on how San Antonio got passed over by Major League Soccer for Austin here, because um, Q2 opened up, and, and you know, from all reports, you know, the, you know. Outside of the parking and, and prices, it, it, you know, it was a huge success. You know, it's nothing against, you know, the Austin fans up top. And, you know, uh, I know some of them think that they invented the game and, and that nobody's ever done what they've done before, <laughs> leaving that aside. Um, you know, uh, you know, like I said here, it's, it's, it, this was kind of a bittersweet article to read. Uh, you know, it talked about, you know, to, you know, 2015. You know how you know SAFC Spurs Sports and Entertainment, you know, was in the running for it. Um, however, when you kind of look at it, you know, secondary, uh, when Precourt purchased uh, the uh, Columbus Crew, uh, started 2012, it finalized in 2013. Um, he had, to nobody's knowledge, an Austin clause and. Um, I remember going to meetings with the Scorpions way back with Gordon Hartman, and it was always San Antonio or or Austin. It was never going to be both, you know, along those lines. It was either going to be either or. So to me, this article, you know, it inflamed already a sensitive situation, uh, you know, we can say, uh, just with, you know, the, the views between Austin and San Antonio, um, you know, I got accused of being a Columbus Crew fan again, even though, uh, you know, just because I, I didn't, you know, just, you know, I, di I didn't, I didn't defend pre-court, uh, you know, for that here, which I never will. You know, I don't mind Austin having the team, you know, hope they do well. Uh, but, you know, you can still have sour grapes over how the, how the process took place. And, and I will say, um, that taking pre-court in that mess is the easy way out. Um, I think there, there was major issues with San Antonio FC's bid or Spurs Sports and Entertainment bid. I think that, you know, and I've, I've heard this from a couple of different, you know, people that, you know, were a lot closer to the uh, um, negotiations that they thought because they were Spurs Sports and Entertainment, MLS would just let them in. Um, that's why you didn't see SSNE put on the media blitz like you know other other cities did. That's why you didn't see them put out their plans, um, which to me I, I still say you know pre, you know I think it was a done deal already you know just because with the Austin clause, but the only way you could have you could have combated that would have been having um, having some public pressure out there. You know there was the save the crew. You know they built that public pressure, um, but hindsight you don't really. San Antonio, they were kind of that forgotten team that, you know, that, that was the one impacted and impacted just as much as Columbus would have been. 
um, cause it cost, uh, you know, cost, uh, you know, the city and County money, um, you know, to purchase Toyota field. They say that they wouldn't have done it. You know, you, you, you know, I question whether they would or wouldn't have, but your thoughts on the article, you know, I think it just, you know, it's, it's, it kicks up owns old, old wounds. And, you know, I understand why they did it because of the Q2 stadium opening up and, and, you know, really it puts the final nail in the coffin because Austin FC, you know, has played at home and, and they're here and, you know, at, at least one game in, uh, they've invented soccer and, you know, have the best fan base yeah. ever. And, you know, uh, you know, nobody ever, you know, nobody was even close to them uh, based on, on some of their things and Garber and uh, pre-quarter angels. Uh, so it is what it is. Here's my t- here's my take on the broccoli FC and plastic and, FC and the uh, I re- I refer them as broccoli because their logo looks like broccoli. Uh, it just shows that Garber is a flat out snake, mm-hmm. and and I think for uh, talking as far as looking at MLS as a league, I think he's really done damage to that league. Just his little ego trip and he's the way he does things, he's just made it to a not a fun league. And, I, and you know, it could be a lot better league if he was not there. You know, I don't see him as a soccer guy. And then the whole thing with the pre-court, you know, clause, you know, that's, that's you know, for them to do that, you know, have more respect towards, a, you know, a team that maybe wants a bit. I know, I know the – County, I know Judge Wolf called them out on that. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to put that clause in. Why even? Why come? Why come to San Antonio? The decision was already yeah. made. Made, yeah. And you know, if you're just having us waste money now, I do want to say is this: I think we're the where we're at right now as a USL team. I think it's a better league. Oh, I think it's a more better. it's a more fan friendly league. And I and I see what they do to like with the supporter groups and all the restrictions. It's a no fun league there for MLS for that for the fans, and it's just a money grab. There's a reason why they can't beat Liga MX teams in the in the in the Champions League and the finals and so forth because of Garber and all these the little the garbage is running in that league, you know. And I'll hopefully, like I said, San Antonio just gets by this. I, I think we're happy having this, you know, this team, you know, we just need to embrace it. You know, we don't care about Austin. Yeah. Ha, you know, kudos to you have your mm-hmm. team, but you know, you did not invent soccer. Our soccer is a lot better than yours anyways, you know, and, you know, hopefully, you know, something in the near future, you know, maybe we'll get, you know, the rumors have always been circulating about a Liga MX. He's coming here. Mm-hmm. You know, that could be a possibility. You know the fan base is here, and like you look look at the games that are coming up. We have Caretaro coming, Pumas. We got Chivas, Monterey, Club America. So you got a f- weekend full of you know soccer fan. You know, you know soccer coming to the city. What five you know, matches, more, right? Yeah, a lot more than what Austin can brag about. So you know, and you know we've hosted the Mexican national team and. You know, you know, even the U.S. Women's National. Well, I know both they've done recently, but we have the men's team. So it's, you know, I I think it's it's MLS's loss for not having us, but I think the people that are running it is just you know, 
I don't think we need to be involved with that. And, it, you know, I think it'll be a better league once they would get rid of the, especially those two. And I'll say my comments here, all of my vitriol towards Austin is more about the league and the club itself. Um, the supporters, the fans, my vitriol is not d- directed at you. I, I know it's your team and you're going to defend them just like I'm going to defend, you know, San Antonio FC, um, you know, to an extent. Now, I'll never say um, USL is perfect or Jake Edwards is is an angel and, and hasn't done anything wrong because they have. I call them out on it all the time. So to me, when, when you want to say, hey, Garber and Precourt did nothing wrong, that's that's where you lose me, and and you know that's where you lose all credibility, uh, you know, for that here. And I don't, and I think majority of Austin fans wish that when it came to that, um, but you know, on the flip side, that's how they got their team. Uh, so you know, they've got to embrace it, and you know, it, it is what it is. But to me, it's it's you know, it, you know, as a San Antonio fan, it, it's you know, it's kind of that kick in the groin, groin where. You know, it just re- refreshes things that, you know, I think most people kind of settled on, you know, and, you know, for me personally, I wish they wouldn't have put it out. I do think that there is another battle coming, and that'll be for NWSL uh, along those lines, um, you know, and we'll have to see if uh, Spurs Sports and Entertainment steps up for that or um, if, if uh, oh, what a goal. Um, Colum- oh, sorry, Columbia. That was so that's the bike, bicycle right? kick. <laughs> that's, yeah. yeah, I do. I do have, like I said, Austin FC. You can put a little asterisk on. I do want to say, like you mentioned about the women's, you know, the pro women's team. And if Aust- if San Antonio's first engine is watching, or if they are watching, or someone is watching, you know, do not sit on, do not sit on, the, sit out on this. This will be a big benefit, not only to the city, but. You know, to the region. if you look to the region, but if you look at also what happened this year in high school soccer, and I'm gonna and I'm bringing this to a point, our high school soccer teams didn't do so well against the Austin teams, and I think bringing in an MLS like a well not MLS a women's pro division team will help a lot of our women players, you know, get developed and you know and be very more be more competitive. But it's also going to put us on the map, and also hopefully out of some of those players end up, whether it's in the U.S. national team, the Mexican national team, you know, whatever. We need to take advantage of that, and you know, they just can't sit on their high horse. And you know, I know what they did with the former or the old basketball team, but I think this is yeah with the stars, and I think this is a an opportunity here that we can't give to Austin. I think we need it more. And I think it's going to benefit, especially the women's game. You know, this is a big benefit not only for, like, you know, the Blossoms, the Athenians, and so forth. It's, it'll create a pipeline, you know, to get to a, a way to get into professional, you know, soccer for women. So hopefully and, they don't sit on that. And SAFC's shown that they'll invest into the academy system, mm-hmm. which I think that goes into your tie with um, Austin. Because Austin's got Lone Star, which is a, which is a good, good academy. Yeah. I know classic elites is 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 fairly good. Um, I you know surf. Um, who's the other one? SA United. SA City. SA City. SA pardon City. me. SA City. And there's there's others in the other area. But you you know just like on the men's side, 
if you can take the best of the best of all of them and can kind of combine them in a team and, and you know for that here and and help them take that next step i think that's you know that's what it is because there is going to be a team here i think um i think austin's shown that they'll support i know it's one game and, and they're you know the attendance kings and of everything but you know i do think that san antonio has shown that they'll support it i know austin elite gets good attendance especially you know for that here um you know from my understanding central texas is getting okay you know attendance you know just south there so this area is hungry for women's soccer and um, I know there's. I know I initially kind of jumped the gum when uh, USL uh, W submitted their uh, uh, submitted the uh, UWSW team or no, pardon me, U, USLW team. Too many damn symbols. Uh, USLW team and only eight teams were in, in, uh, listed in San Antonio was not one of them. Um, but then I you know read further in the article that you know they expect twenty to thirty teams. This is just the first batch, so it'll be interesting to see if if San Antonio FC does. I wish it was more of a professional league um, instead of a semi-pro league like the UWS, you know, WPSL. But uh, maybe it's just laying that foundation uh, to you know to be able to build up from there. So I feel like we're going to be going into a groundhog subject, and that's why I labeled this, uh, you know, groundhog SAFC. Uh, they tied uh, RGV at home. Uh, Dylan opened up the scoring in the 13th minute, and Christian Sorto equaled in the 22nd minute. To me, the big story of this is, you know, SAFC only had one shot on goal. They converted it, um, but that was really all they had. They're, it was an entertaining game to watch. You know, both teams went back and forth. It was a very even uh, match there. I can't say San Antonio had, you know, should have won the game or should have lost the game. I think it was just a well-played, you know, even match. Um, you know, it was just, but but you you can tell something's still off on the team. Um, it's it's this team's still not clicking. Um, I, you know, it's you know, ask Royce what he thought it was, but uh, I'll ask you, um, what's you know, because we talk about injuries, we talk about the midfield, we talk about the passing. We, you know, it's. You know, it's one lapse, and, and that's really what this match was. It was one lapse, uh, you know, unfortunately on the defense. And, you know, you know, kudos to, you know, to RGV. They equalized, and, you know, it was it was a heavyweight match between two quality teams. It, well, one thing we did notice, the game – the tactics changed a bit as far as the defensive side. Um, you know, we're playing with five – Five across, you know, on mm -hmm. the attack, which where we're not giving them any space. I think on the defense, on the defense, on the defense, and where we're doing a good job until Gale uh, kind of fell asleep a little bit, and then he just got behind him, and Gale got know, beat. Yep, and and he and they got the goal. You know, it's and it's a good play. You know, that's it's like what like you saw the play today with with, with Benzema getting getting behind the defense. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just normal, but. Overall, the defense did play a lot better these, this game than the last few times they faced them. So you can see that there was some progression there. As I think what I think what changed the game was Nathan getting cheap shot in the back by Pimentel, another dirty play. Hey, he got a fist bump. Yeah. And he he um, you know, he's our kind of like our playmaker. 
a bit, you know, as far as setting up passes and plays and having him out kind of changed everything. And I do, like I said, I do see a comment about, you know, with Ollie Wright coming in, I, you know, he did have a good, a lot better game, but I'm kind of questioning a little bit as far as, you know, we have experienced MLS player, have MLS experience on the midfield, like Quayle. I think Quayle should have gone in first before Wright, you know, especially in a very tight game, you know, I think his experience would have helped. And who's to say, you know, we don't get that second goal. There was a little, lot of, lot of rookie mistakes that were, you know, that I did, we did kind of see. But you know, like I said, he did have a good game. But I think I kind of question that that substitution is. I rather had Quayle go in. He has got that experience, and he's done really well in the past. You know, being on the pitch, you know, he brings a lot. You know, as far as in the, in the attacking. You know, when we get the ball and so forth. So, um, you know, that's the one thing maybe I would have done different. Uh, but overall, like I said, we, you know, we sh we needed those three points. You know, especially now that how we're, we're two games behind them, and we're coming to a critical point. That, you know, like I said, we're close to less than you know, close to what twenty games left. Yeah, uh, we need to bit. start winning some games. We got yeah, draws are not going to help us unless it's on the road. But if you're expected to win on the road, you got to win on the road. Um, yeah, and I, I think you bring up a great point about the draws. You know, looking at the standings here, uh, RGV's in first place with 17 points, five wins, because that's the first tiebreaker. So that's that's the pivotal. We're right now in six with with the uh, switchbacks beating uh, the bold last night uh, in, in an excellent match, three to two. Even though the switchbacks were down a man. Um, you know, they've got three wins. The Bulls got three wins. We've got two. So we're in sixth place based on that. Um, and if you look at our form compared to the others, uh, our form is not looking that good, you know, with, you know, basically a five-game winless streak. And, and their last win was six matches uh, for San Antonio FC. Now, they do face Real Monarchs uh, away, who Real Monarchs' only win was a 2-0 win over Sacramento. Um, but... Uh, you know, this will be the 10th match. There's what 32 matches. So there's still 22 matches left. And, and I know it's still early. We've got injuries, but to me, two things, when you kind of look at this here, number one, the wins, you're not losing, which, which is positive. So you're still getting points, but you look at that goals for goals against that's kind of leveled out, especially when you have that plus three, you know, from, you know, from the first win um, and their last five matches, uh, you know, they've scored one goal, um, in, in the match and only allowed one goal with the exception of, of the New Mexico, which they lost 2-0. So that's, that's, that's the concerning part to me. And, and I know we can talk about, hey, injuries. We can talk about midfield. We can talk about passing. Um, but, you know, we've talked about that for, what, four weeks in a row, five weeks in a row. And, you know, it's, I'm, I'm not saying not, nothing's changing because they are making changes. As you mentioned, they went to five in the back. Um, against RGV and 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 shut them back. Um, Bob is right that uh, you know that uh, Patino is back uh, next week, so uh, hopefully he won't smack someone. But uh, hopefully SAFC to smack someone, <laughs> smack a real we need to smack them in the goal scoring. <laughs> so, but uh, your thoughts, your thoughts on the just because I don't want to keep repeating what we've done, you know, just because it's it's you know 
everybody knows what the issue is. It's injuries. Yeah. Everybody knows the midfield. I know you, you know, if we would have had Royce on, I know you kind of would have talked a little bit more about the spacing where he's, you know, he's saying more to go up the middle and you're going more on, you know, going up on the sides. Can you t- kind of talk a little bit more about your point on that? Um, yeah. Cause I think you brought up a fairly good point in the pre converse in the, in the, you know, the pre-show about how most of our goals are coming from the side and crossing in. Yeah, one of the things I noticed with the three-five-two, because I have experience, like I said, experience in playing in that form, well, coaching in that formation. And I like, like I said, I showed you the uh, system of play that I got from uh, one of the coach, a former coach from Brennan High School, who's now at he's in Shreveport now. He's one, he's one of the best coaches in the state, Texas, uh, Coach Lane. And so, just reading it, you know, there are you know things that they need to do in that formation. One of the things about and supporting about three five two is is creating space, overloading sides, and 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 playing to the sides to allow you know our midfielders and all that, and also to create one v one chances. Like that first goal we had, it came from you know it came from the wing, and a lot of teams I think where they're you know they're they want to give us that space. Great, we got two we got two forwards or over six six one, you know, the whole point of bringing them in. Just to win balls in the air and to be physical. And but we're not sending any crosses in. And that's what I saw from the first game. And then now we've kind of gone away from that. And you know, I know I know a lot of people saying, well, well, we need more speed. Really, the speed has to be on the wings. You know, if we send the balls down the you know d- down the line, get our midfielders up up in the attack, you know, our forwards are you know enough close enough to get on the ball side and reach to those balls and then play them back. But uh, speed-wise, like I said, we have the speed on the wings. We're just not taking advantage of sending crosses in or, or even playing, you know, wall passes um, or overlaps and, and so forth. You know, we're not seeing that. I think we're seeing too much of holding the ball too much, trying to dribble through three, two, three guys. I think they need, like I said, I think we saw one play that we had. I think Ollie had like four eyes on him, and he tried to go to dribble through through him. It's like we have to recognize stuff like that. Okay, I have four guys on me. Someone has to be open. I got to send that ball to that person right away because we're going to have an advantage somewhere. So I think, you know, the the guys have to really play a little bit smarter, but also, you know, also have some little patience. But also they gotta trust. I think that's the thing is, are they trusting the process of the play? You know, and I think we're rushing a lot of stuff too much. Or, you know, the one thing I kind of irks really irks me is those long balls. Mm-hmm. I, and 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 then I know Bob mentioned about you know the speed up top. But if you keep on sending long balls from the back and we don't get them, our forwards are gonna get burned out or tired out. So I rather play the ball from the back. Get it up field, you know. Keep possession, and you know I rather have the ball. You know, if the other team won't have the ball, they're not going to score. <laughs> That's just a philosophy on that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think you know, you and I sat next to each other like we normally mm-hmm. do here. I think that was some of the the biggest frustration, especially on Doyle's side. It's it seemed like Gladel would bring it up a little bit more. But on Doyle's side, it seemed like once he got it, he would just boom it up to really mm-hmm. wherever it went. 
Um, and I think that's the part to me where he had space where he could have, he could have went up five, 10, 15 yards or, you know, you know, until the defense started, you know, started to come to him, then do it instead of just as soon as he gets it. Okay. Hey, I'm just going to jack it up. And it, they're just not high percentage. And, and I think yeah. that's, it, 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 I think that's the issue. I understand that's how you want to play, but, and you can tell it's not, you can, you can tell it's what they're being coached to. Um, and, and I think that's the biggest thing to me is, I think on a player to player level, they're smart enough to go, Hey, I've got, you know, 10 yards, 15 yards where nobody's here. I can scoot up and then that's going to push, you know, you're going to be able to push the defense back a little bit further, but they're being taught, Hey, you know, they're being coached. Hey, this, this is the game plan that we have. Get it here, get it over the top and, and we'll go get the 50, 50 balls. And the problem is, is, you know, whether it's wind, you know, whether it's positioning, you know, players not being in the right position, you know, miss kicking the ball, you know, from that distance, it's, it's just, it's, to me, it wasn't highly successful. And, and, um, you know, I understand that, you know, if you want to play 60, 70% of that, that's fine. But playing 80, 90% that way is, 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 is not, you know, not a successful way uh, for that here. So looking at the Monarchs here, uh, as we, as we saw here, they're in last place. Um, we do get Patino back. Uh, up top, um, I'm assuming Nathan with the, how he went out, you know, just what you know, nothing you know, SAS, SAFC's put out as of yet. Um, what do you think that you what do you think the forwards go for? Do you think that they go with Dylan and Patino now that they finally have both of their starters healthy, uh, for the first time? Because I do believe that was the plan going into the season, you know, having Dylan and Patino up top, um, you know, for that here, or do you think, um, you know they go. You know they go with um, a, a different setup of forwards because I don't think Peruza starts over over Dylan mm -hmm. or, or Patino. Um, but I don't. I I do believe you're going to have both of them start. Now do you go? And I'm wondering now you go back to the four four two, and do we have the players to play the four four two? That's I think that's going to be an issue there. That goes back to the left back position or right back position. Yeah, or, uh, right, or right unless, back position. yeah, unless they're going to stick to that three five two, which literally you can't play Dylan and Petini up top, um, and then have um, Epps, uh, Gallegos, and um, and, and Gleedle, you know, at you know at the in, in the mids in the central mid, and then the outside Lima and. and um, who else? Uh, no, Gleedle, Gleedle, and Lima. Gleedle on the outside. Sorry about that. Yeah, not Gleedle on the. He'll be on the outside. Uh, that'll be Lin Lindley. Lindley, Lindley in yeah. the middle. Yeah, Lindley will be in the middle. Um, so then we'll have the back three. Now, here's the thing. Hopefully, I don't know what the severity of Kamiri is, versus mm -hmm. his injury. You know, if he's available, my my ideal back three would be you know, Axel, Varela, and Kamiri. I I think. We've gone to – I know nothing not a, nothing bad about Doyle because he, he's a good physical player. But he's not quick. I, I, he's not quick he's, he, I think he's – he's, yeah, he's out of position out of that, you know, for, you know, being an outside back. Now, unless you were playing like a four-back, maybe you can put him inside, you know, with, with Axel. I think that would be – you know, I think that will be suitable for him. But I think on the three-back, it, it just hurts him. And then – and also, and like I said, we're not getting a lot of plays from Lima. He, Lima is, I think, too concerned. He's staying well, too back. He has to, yeah. I mean, he's he's got to stay back to protect, you know, 
uh, Doyle, you know, from getting double teamed. So that's been an issue. That's that's an issue they have to find to be finally be resolved. So I think going to this game, like I said, we will see Dylan Patino up top. Um, you know, uh, uh, try. Already lost thought. Um, Gallegos, Epps, and Lindley in the middle. Then uh, Lima, uh, Glido on the outside, and then we have Varela, Axel, and Doyle more likely on the defense as a back three. Yeah, I, I, I know you can't say it's a must-win on the road, um, and especially a place like uh, Real Monarchs, uh, just because they are a it is a tough place to play, um, but. If they could pick up those two, if they could pick up six points between Real Monarchs and Austin Bold, you know, which they have on July third, um, it's a full stadium. Um, so if you don't have tickets, please do. Um, and then you know, basically San Antonio is going to have a week of action uh, for it here, and then they're going to you know ha- have a little break, uh, you know, for that here. Um, so to me, it's. I, like I said, I don't like saying it's a must-win, but it, it's it's one that you got to have. You have to get these three points, you know, especially if you're playing, I guess, like last-place teams, especially on the road, you have to you have to steal the three points. Unless we're playing maybe like, say, you know, we're on the road against Phoenix. Okay, we get a tie. Hey, that's, that's, that's a win for us. But in this case... We need to get the three points. We need to get the three points against Austin. So, so that way we'll kind of get back into the – hopefully into the back of the top four, you know, because if we come out with, you know, with three or just one point, you know, now we're in serious trouble if the other teams start, you know, kind of breaking away from us. And then now you're going to question, okay, do we need to make a change now? You know, like I said, you even heard some of the little rumblings last week about that. So, this is, a, I think, for me, it's a must win for us because this is a last place team. You have to beat them on the road. I know it's tough, but you have you ha- should have more talent than them. You need to go beat them and, and bring back three points for the, for the following game against Austin. Yeah. So, any other things you want to talk about, San Antonio FC, uh, for here? Because, like I said, here it's. It's uh, not a happy conversation. It's, <laughs> it's it's just it's frustrating because it's you see the talent on this team. Um, I think teams like this in the past would have got losses instead of ties. So that, you know it's, they're fighting. Um, you know you can tell, but it's 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 just uh, n- not a lot of positives to be able to talk about right now. I think what they need to do as far as looking forward is, you know, kind of evaluate, okay, do we need to make any changes? You know, even personnel-wise, you know, the one key is is finding a left back. And I, I don't see why we're taking so long to find someone. You know, we don't know the – I know we don't know the severity, uh, you know, the injury for um, – More. Uh, from Maloney, and if 
if this was going to take a quite a, a, a big amount of time, I think we needed to sign somebody already for, for that spot because that I think that's the missing ingredient right there. And I know we're hurt, like I said, you know, it's already a broken record with all the injuries and so forth. I know losing PC, you know, hurts and, um, you know, Kamiri was, you know, coming along great. You know, he, he did a great job with for the, some of the games he's been involved with. So we can only imagine how good this team is going to be once it's at full strength. Yeah. That, that, and, and that's the thing here is, is how good, how good of a team is it going to be here? So, so let's focus to the euros here. Uh, so the table's been set uh, for it here. Italy, Wales, uh, first and second in Group A. Uh, Belgium, Denmark. Uh, you know, good story with, with Denmark being able to squeak through uh, on the final day to get into the second spot. Uh, Group C, Netherlands and, and uh, Austria. Uh, Group D. Uh, bringing it home, England uh, and Croatia uh, for it here. Group E, Sweden and Spain. I think it's kind of surprising that Spain finished second here, but uh, you know that's how the results did. And then in the group of death, this and, and like I so said, this was this afternoon's matches, and you know they were awesome. Um, France and Germany uh, with Portugal, but you know, you know what. Majority of the match through, Hungary was in second place or third place, and, and they ended up being out. So yeah. uh, the playoffs gives us Belgium, uh, Belgium versus uh, Portugal on the, the 27th, Italy versus Austria, France versus Suisse, uh, uh, Switzerland, uh, Croatia versus Spain, uh, Sweden versus Ukraine, England versus Germany, uh, Netherlands versus Czech, uh, Czechoslovakia. Um, and then, and then uh, the Wales versus Denmark. Uh, so, to me, a couple of matches kind of stand out: Belgium, Port, uh, Portugal, and England, Germany are, are the two matches that kind of stick out to me. Any other matches that kind of stick out to you as far as must watches? Well, just looking at the brackets, the other side uh, on the left is pretty much the group of death. This side here, yeah. If if I'm if. Whoever wins between England and, and Germany, you got a straight shot going to the final. I don't know. Netherlands is pretty good. Uh, I, I, yeah, but I don't trust. I don't trust the board as a, as a as a. I know they've been lucky, but they haven't really played any quality teams. But they're going to get all the way to yeah. the semifinals because yeah. I, I think they beat you know the Czechs. Wales, Denmark. You know, like I said here, I think that's a great. I think story Wales. For each I one think Wales will get that one. But I don't see either of these. I don't see either of these threes beating beating Netherlands. Um, I, I I just don't. You know, now there is a coach issue that that you mm-hmm. know that kind of is the wild card. But to me, like I said, I think Netherlands comes out of there. Uh, England Germany. Uh, I have to favor England. I know watching ESPN Plus and and you know ESPN FC, quite a few people like Germany. Um, for here, but I kind of like England just with the talent that they have, and I think that they can match up. And Germany's not playing well. It's there's no way to sugarcoat it. Sweden plays a I don't want to say an ugly style because it's it works for them where they bunker, bunker, bunker. They well, don't they give up a lot. Cho- they almost choked today with Poland because they let Lewandowski score two goals in, a, in a, like a ten minute frame. And he missed, uh, they, I, he missed one yeah. that, that you would, he had three attempts for it where 
with yeah. two headers and then you know one where the ball just went through its foot but yes scott boy scott's boy should have had the hat trick today um I think Ukraine Ukraine might surprise I think Sweden. They're they're one of those teams that you know they've taken down one of the big teams in the past. So But do you they, see they Ukraine be, getting by either England or Germany no, no matter who wins that? No. No. So that's kind of the same down here whoever wins between Wales and Denmark. Yeah, you know, it, it's great. I think but, Wales I think Wales can match up with with um uh, with with the Netherlands. Um, I mean, you could say Gareth Bell, my surprise, you know, he's playing a lot better than he, than his golf game, you know, and then Ram, you know, you have Ramsey there too. So they've been, uh, been doing well. You know, the thing is with Netherlands, I know Memphis Depay has been the man. I just don't uh, trust Frank DeBoer as a coach. You know, I, I don't think he's really equipped for the big games. So, but, you know, more power to him. But the other side, it's like winning championship. Like, like I said, Belgium, uh, yeah, Portugal, Spain, that, France, Italy, Portugal, and Belgium. Any of those teams could win. You could win. Swiss and Croatia are not bad teams either. And you know, from, from my understanding, Austria did fairly well this no. uh, during during the tournament as well. If memory serves me, yeah, two. You know, they lost what they lost to uh, Netherlands, right? Yeah, two zero. Yeah. Yeah, that Portugal Belgian game should be that's gonna be a really good game. The, Portugal's defense better buck up, and they're gonna have to find a way to stop Lukaku. He's he's been on on a tear, you know, the the last three games. Now that you have De Bruyne back, and um, some miracle that uh, Eden Hazard got to play ninety minutes, you know, they they're probably gonna be the the favorite to probably get into the probably into the semifinal, but like I said, don't count out Portugal because remember Portugal won the European cup as a third place team. You know, they didn't win any games. They went, they went I think straight through with three ties. ties right. And, and then they just fought, they just got hot at the right time and, and, and won it all. So that could be, like I said, I, I'm going to give the edge to Belgium on that one, but don't be surprised if, if Portugal can pull off that one. Uh, France should take care of Switzerland I think Croatia is going to knock off Spain. Uh, I do not trust Spain. Morata Morata's not a good forward. I'm glad Real Madrid got rid of him. <laughs> you, know, you know, that's who uh, Juventus' problem. I'm glad he's over there. Um, you know, got to gotta give it to Modric. He's, he's, for being 35, he's really stepped up. And, you know, he didn't let that team die. And I'll, I'll see them in the next round. But I think France will take care of Croatia. Which will be a rematch of the of the World Cup final, and then so I can see France or probably France versus Belgium in the semis, and then I think uh, England, England, and I mean I'll, I'll link to the Netherlands under the other semifinal. What do you think the Italy versus Belgium? Oh, I forgot Portugal. about them. Oh, I forgot them. Italy. Oh, I think Italy comes out of that side. It would. To me, I think that this semifinal here on July 6th, mm -hmm. um, I think it'll be Italy versus France, and that'll be a hell of a game. The the only issue with Italy, and, and this is my concern, I know they've been playing great, they've done a great job, is their central defense is not very is not very athletic. They're not very young, per se, mm -hmm. and I don't think Cellini can, can 
uh, mark on Lukaku. I don't think any other central backs can mark on Lukaku, and that's going to be the key. And now that you're throwing De Bruyne, uh, De Bruyne back into the mix, it's that central attack for Belgium is going to be tough for Italy to manhandle. To manhandle, except that it's it's going to be a great game. Now, if it's Italy Portugal, I'll I'll give the edge to Italy for that game. Um, you know, for them to you know get into the semifinal, but. I think honestly, I think it's going to come down to I think Belgium and France in the semis. Like I said, you know, I think the darkest will be Italy, and then the other side will be England and the Netherlands, and then the final. Um, we could have the, a rematch of the Hundred Years' War with England and France. I, I would like to see England in it. Just you know, I've kind of kind of got a soft spot for England, so I won't lie. I'm probably rooting for England. And to me, going against either Italy or France, I think would, would be a great match on July 11th uh, for that here. But uh, moving over to Copa America, um, right now Brazil is down 1-0, I think, at half to yeah. Colombia. Uh, so, and these would be live standings here. Uh, but Argentina, Chile, Paraguay, Uruguay, um, you know, you know, they've only played two out of their the bottom three teams have only played two out of the four. Um, at the top, Colombia's already played four. Um, I think they're the only one. And then you got Brazil, um, Peru, Ecuador, and Venezuela. Um, I know they play, you know, cross bracket. You know, one will play, you know, four and vice versa for that here. So um, I haven't caught a lot of uh, Copa America just because, you know, watching, you know, uh, the Euros, and then keeping up with USL action and, and a little bit of MLS. Uh, there's just so much soccer on right now uh, for that here. Your thoughts on how Copa America's uh, shaping up? Uh, right now, the team, well, up to this point, you know, we have Brazil pretty much breezing through everybody, but uh, uh, Colombia gave them a good wake-up call with that that that, that uh and it's only halfway kick. through the match. So. Yeah, that scissor kick, which was a beautiful goal. Um, I think it's going to depend on the brackets. I know the top four teams make uh, will advance. Um, I know. I know the group uh, B with uh, with Brazil's at. Um, they have um, they have one game pending. I think with Ecuador, Ecuador has to win that game in order for them to to advance. So you might see Venezuela sneak in. Into to the to the final final eight you know eight teams, I think I think we're probably going to see a repeat of Argentina, and and Brazil in the final, again. Now will Messi finally lift the cup? <laughs> I I have my doubts. I think he's going to disappoint again. He's going to disappoint Maradona again, and uh, I just see Brazil winning winning the Copa America again. Uh, but don't count out you know don't count out Chile. And don't count out Uruguay. Like I said, they got quality players. What about Colombia if they if they get the win? Yeah, they lost it's, it's, to yeah, Peru. yeah. If Colombia can w- pull out this win, then that's going to help them, especially on the bra- on the bra- in the, on which bracket side they're going to be in. I don't know where they would be at. So or- they'd probably. So they've already played their four matches. I don't think that they play any more matches after this, right? So play- I think they'll play the fourth place team of. Well, no, I think because Brazil still has one more match after this. Yeah. So they're going to – I don't think – even with Colombia winning, I think Brazil will get points yeah. in the last one here. Um, so Brazil so I think they play... can finish second. 
Yeah. See, Brazil does not probably will not want to play with Hawaii in that first on that first that second round game. So um, Uruguay is well right now fourth, in fourth right now. but they've only got yeah. two points, so it's a little bit a little bit early to kind yeah, of determine so that. They'll probably go up. So they probably end up playing Paraguay on that game. Um, I don't see Bolivia doing anything. So you'd have one Norte and two Norte on the same side versus three and four mm-hmm. over there. So I think Colombia, you know, barring uh, Peru making up. So Peru would have to win and make up a four, you know, because they're a negative three goal difference and Colombia is one. So assuming Brazil gets the win, that put them in the first. Colombia would be in the into the second and then they would play through here but you know how it shapes right now yeah you know brazil would be looking to face uruguay uh you know you know for that here so that's that, yeah but colombia could end up playing facing uruguay or or chile one of the one of the first round games would so be a great that's going to be a great game but i think over um, in the zona sir it's just a matter of the order right you don't anticipate bolivia to yeah i don't think bolivia yeah, Ecuador. Ecuador's in trouble because they have to play Brazil the last one, and I think uh, if Venezuela can sneak in, um, they play Peru. Peru has a lot to play for. Yeah, because Peru think they, could technically get second if, um, yeah. and especially if they can add some goal difference to to make up. You know, they need to with a plus five goal differential to yeah. get ahead of Colombia. I mean, they could also play for a tie, and they might end up. Pushing Venezuela ahead if, if, if um, Ecuador loses to Brazil because I'm sure Brazil does not want to play, you know, if, if depending if Uruguay, Uruguay, but I think Uruguay, I think Uruguay is going to end up either in second or third. So, but then you know you don't want to play a Chile or one of them too in that first round. I think they're more comfortable playing Paraguay, even though they're probably going to play park the bus. But, but the zona sirs is the one that's the heavier bracket, right? I know you got the yeah. fifth plate. You know, Bolivia is not that strong. But to me, as far as the top four teams, you know, Argentina, Chile, Uruguay, and Paraguay are a stronger bunch than Colombia, Brazil, Peru, and Ecuador, in my opinion. Yeah. Not by a lot, but by some. So we'll see. We'll see. I think, I think like I said, in the end, I think it's going to be. Argentina, Brazil in the final, but I think Brazil is going to take it again. I think Neymar is going to deny our Messi <laughs> a, a trophy one more time and be the second best player in the world. So, your final thoughts? Uh, final thoughts. Um, just uh, well, history was made today. Uh, the goat Cristiano Ronaldo scored gold one hundred and nine. You mean Messi? His inter- no. Uh, Ronaldo, because he does have two two uh, nation uh, the nation leagues and the European Championship, uh, but he scored goal one one oh nine, well one oh eight and one oh nine, so he's tied for the all time interna- uh, international goal scorer in history. So congratulations to him. I'm sure I don't know if he'll break the record against Belgium. We'll find out. Hopefully he does. That, that'll be. It. I guess we'll see. We'll find out Saturday. Um, and then other final thoughts. Like I said. Uh, you know, so we're looking forward to some of these, uh, these, the games with the Liga MX teams. Like I said, if you don't know uh, already, uh, SAFC is going to play Queretaro 
on a Tuesday night, I think on July the 6th, and then the 9th against Pumas. Uh, should be a great, great test, and I'm sure uh, some of our best, probably more likely, we're going to see some of our bench players get some more playing time. We'll finally we'll get to hopefully see Leo Torres, you know, Ethan Bryant on there on the pitch, going to get some ML uh, Liga MX talent, and then like I said, we have other games coming up. I know Club America's coming against Tigres, Monterey versus Chivas, so we got quite a few, so- quite a bunch of soccer coming up to the San Antonio. This next couple of weeks, so we're looking for. I'm looking forward for that. Yeah. So this week is is uh, men's men's health week here, and you know I saw this tweet here. Uh, 84 men a week uh, take their own life. 75 percent of suicides are male. Uh, men are uh, less likely to get help, uh, but speaking up saves lives. Uh, let's encourage men to speak up and not man up. So uh, I know that's kind of a, a, a thing I've been harping on all year. Uh, just the mental health uh, aspect for men uh, with it's men's health week. You know, obviously, you know, if you're over what, over 40, over 50, uh, making sure you get your annual health checkups uh, for it here, just to make sure, you know, nothing's going on in your body. Even if you feel great, sometimes uh, below the surface, uh, there could be some issues uh, rising in, in um, if you can catch it early, uh, you have a lot better success on beating it. Uh, you know, if before it gets, uh, before it gets you down. Um, as always, like I said here, if you ever need to talk, uh, I know for Royce, me, Rafa, you know, pretty much anybody within the SAFC family, uh, if you need to talk, please reach out. Uh, like I said here, you know, I think, uh, you know, speak up, not man up is, is a great, um, great phrase just because growing up, you know, it was, you know, men weren't encouraged to, uh, speak or, you know, it's, Hey, you need to man up and, and just accept it, you know, you know, just suck it in. Uh, so with a bit being men's health week, uh, you know, please, uh, you know, you know, please, if you are having issues, uh, reach out to somebody, you know, whether it's, you know, a random person on social media, you know, family, friends, just the person down the street, uh, please do, uh, you know, cause that way we can help each other out here. Uh, but, uh, Royce, hope you're feeling better. Um, like I said here, um, and like I said here, we'll check with you next week, uh, for that here. Uh, my schedule's been a little bit more wackier, so you know, it'll either be Monday or Wednesday, most likely, uh, that we'll have it, and, and we'll kind of you know give notice out uh, you know at that point. Rafa's on vacation, so uh, Rafa, the beard still lives. Uh, I thought you said the beard was beard was coming off, but uh, soon, soon, soon. <laughs> you keep saying soon, uh, but I finally, uh, I, because I think I finally I found someone who can cut cut it soon, so uh, I'm working on that already. But I do want to thank you for everybody that's tuning in and listening uh, on the podcast, on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter. Um, and as Scott always used to say, what's life without goals? Thank you. Peace.